Would you like for me to tell you a little joke? Yes? Are you laughing now? Well, all right. Welcome to episode 25 of Embrace the Suck, the only official licensed, sanctioned, tanned and toned podcast of APG, bringing you two cents worth of free perspective on the heavy-hitting lifestyle. I'm your host, Bill Hart, coming to you almost live from Los Angeles, California, where Jin Lu Liang, Chinese grad student, reportedly studying journalism at the notoriously expensive and difficult to get into USC, depending on who you are, was scammed out of her entire life savings after being in sensational Southern California for only 45 days. Liang says she received a phone call in Chinese notifying her that she had a suspicious package being detained at customs in Beijing. The helpful individual at the other end then inquired whether she intended to contact the Beijing police, and when Jin Lu said yes, offered to transfer her. So it's pretty much what you'd expect from there. The police told her that they had recovered uh, prepaid credit cards in her name that were recovered in connection with a money laundering bust, and that because her personal information may have been compromised, she should immediately transfer her money from uh, any American bank into a Chinese bank where the activity could be monitored by the police. And when she agreed, the Chinese police offered to transfer her to a bank, to a bank, right? So in all, poor Jin Lu Liang got hustled for $43,000. And seeing as she's a journalism student and not a nursing student, is going to have to get mighty creative if she plans to pay for college. At the end of the day, I suppose some people worry that China could take over the West. But in spite of strong business acumen, national pride, and an unparalleled work ethic, one of their best and brightest was taken down by the Nigerian prince. How disappointing. So before we move along, a quick Beard update. I'm staring at the business end of month five since Beard Reset Day. And I suppose everything is proceeding according to plan. The hardest part, of course, I think right now for me is waiting for the proportions to come in right. You know, you don't want one spot too long, one spot too short. I don't know how other people are with their beard. Mine grows some in some places and then uh, and then get falls behind in others, which irritates me and leads me to the challenge of not getting carried away with the trimming. Otherwise, I come away looking like I'm selling oatmeal or like I'm a Amish cartwright or whatever. But enough of that. Let's look at the topic for the day. So, I was talking to the wife about 80s commercials, and I came across this classic piece from Levi's, a good Levi's commercial. Here, take a listen. Every late night morning I put on my blue Uh-huh Levi's button fly, have a one blue Well, well, they shrink down to fit you and only you, they button fly, Front 
So if you're not familiar with that little piece, it aired in 1986 and starred none other than Wesley Snipes. And this was uh, prior to the whole tax-dodging vampire situation. But if you listen to the words, it really tells you something about the 80s. He's talking about, my stuff is busted, my woman left me, (laughs) haha, but I'm still looking like front-page news, which, of course, today is really the last thing anyone wants to look like. So we bounced some other 80s commercials around, and then the convo shifted, as it should, to SoCal-specific commercials, so commercials that were specifically in Southern California, because as everyone knows, we had, in the 80s, and, well, not now, but in the 80s, the best commercials. And I talked to a few people about this, and you really got to appreciate living in Southern California in the 80s. I got to tell you about it if you haven't been there. You you can't go back, but I'll tell you about it now. Um, Long and short, it was the deal. Like You know how they say everybody hates where they grew up? If you lived in Southern California in the 80s, you didn't hate where you grew up. You knew it was the deal. I mean, there was perfect weather. It was great scenery. And you could be in any kind of environment you wanted within three hours. So if you're at the beach and you want to be in the desert, you could be at the desert in three hours. If you're in the desert and you want to be in the mountains, you could be in the mountains in three hours. If you want to be in wine country, maybe a little longer than three hours, but but it's a drive, right? Maybe like a tank full. And then if you want to be back at the beach again, guess, right? Three hours. Want to be downtown? Three hours. Now, it's like, you know, if you were in California now, you get on the freeway and you might make the on-ramp in three hours, so it's like it's like the five-lane parking lot. Well, and in the 80s, this was before Amazon and coast-to-coast shipping, obviously. And if you're right anywhere near L.A., anything you want is right there. All the latest, greatest stuff is right there before anybody else even know it, knows it exists. And when you'd meet people from somewhere else, you would literally feel awful for them. You know, if you met somebody from out of state or you were out of state and you're talking to somebody and they say, where are you from? And you say, oh, I'm from California. And then before they even speak, you're kind of like, you're getting it ready. Like, I'm real sorry, you know, about your life and everything and how much it sucks to be you because you're not me because I live here and it's great. It was good times, good times. And the commercials also just kind of reflected how cool everything was. And one of my favorites, and I'm sure one of a lot of people's favorites for people that that, that remember this, was for this crummy stereo store in L.A. called Federated Stereo. And they were known for their really wacky commercials and and. What appears to have happened was they took this this uh, radio DJ named Shadow Stevens, which I don't know what kind of name is that. I don't know. So they take this guy and he was host of like Top 40 for a while. I think maybe he, you know, bounced in and out with Dick Clark. I don't know. But this guy became this character on this on this these reoccurring commercials. And his name for federated stereo was fred rated get it federated fred rated that kind of thing so you would see him and you know you you're watching tv and you hate commercials anyway but these were like you would almost willingly sit through it because you never know what's going to happen they will put them out like every every week or every other week because hey it's la it's right there right so here take a listen to one of these Billy. What's some more toast? No. Say, here's that new TV I got for you. <laughs> Gee, Dad, you didn't get that at Federated. All the kids will laugh at me. Well, I didn't know. Oh. You probably paid too much. I, I didn't know about that, Greg. Want some more toast? And look what they found at Federated. Incredible name brand. Brand names like BASF, Hitachi, Recordicall, and more. There you have it, Billy. You're all Federated. <laughs> right, Mom? You boys. 
Everybody laugh! <laughs> All right, so fantastic there. Good times. So things have changed, of course, between then and now. California is essentially a textbook definition of, if not a failed state, then certainly approaching levels of banana republic that should not even be possible. And other things are different, too. Obviously, commercials are no longer funny. Nothing is allowed to be funny. Uh, But if you can imagine a time when you would pay $300 for, like, a 26-inch TV. I mean, actually, I looked this up, and that comes out to, like, $730. So try saying that. Try saying that you paid $730 for a crummy little 26-inch TV and say that with the big 80s smile on your face. So when we look back at the 80s, Everybody was, if not happy, at least happy-ish, right? Uh, But how much happier would they be if you told them that they could access any information they wanted, talk to literally any person you want anywhere on the planet, and it's going to cost you a fraction of what you paid for that crummy 26-inch TV? How happy would they be? Ecstatic, you think? But now we have all that. We have all that and more as far as stuff goes. But if if we look at these places, like we look at Southern California, what it is now... And we have the people we had there. We barely have a place to even sit down. And we're sharing these places with the Nigerian prince hustling the Chinese student for their tuition. And in my mind, a perfect illustration of the the takeaway comes from that movie, No Country for Old Men. So if you haven't seen this this movie, it's it's a little bit on the violent side, but it's a good show. And it's it was a 2007 movie put out by the Coen brothers. And on the surface, it comes out like just a story about a drug deal gone wrong and a good old boy who finds a couple million dollars in cash. And then there's a bad guy sent to retrieve the cash from whoever happens to have it. And it's a fine way to kill an afternoon, but there seemed to be more to this movie. Like there was, there was more to it. So I looked into it and looked at what people were saying and read some analyses. Analyses, can I say this, the plural? And I read one interesting analysis And the bad guy in this film, Javier Bardem, he's got this wacky, not quite a bowl cut, like a Prince Valiant looking thing happening. He's the villain and he doesn't really represent an organization. He doesn't come across in really a way in this movie that you could define him. He doesn't appear as any discernible ethnicity. He doesn't really have an identifiable accent. I actually looked this guy up and he grew up in, I guess he's Spanish and grew up in the Canary Islands, so I don't know, you know, he looks like he could be, you know, Spanish, but he doesn't sound, he sounds, I don't know, he sounds weird to me. Anyway, yeah, watch the movie, you be the judge. But uh, anyway, it seems to rule out the things that he does as being motivated by crime or justice or gang affiliation, or he just does what he does. And in that sense, this, uh, this particular analysis, which I happen to agree with, suggests that he represents something like fate or karma or or the consequence of choice. You know, and not whether that choice was right or wrong or good or bad. This is just, you took a left instead of a right, and this is what you got. Because in the movie, everyone who comes face to face with him appears to end up with this 50-50 chance of either being killed or walking free. And a few times he even gives them that chance directly by offering a coin toss. There's one scene in the movie where he's talking to a gas station attendant. And he's talking to him for a little while, and then he pulls out a quarter and he just says, call it. And the guy, you know, he's trying to argue with him and figure out what's going on. And and uh, I, I don't want to ruin it for you if you haven't seen it. But some people in the film, then they end up in this spot without having done anything that you could say is wrong. And some people end up there. I mean, in, in one instance, a guy doesn't do something wrong. And that what that's what proves his undoing. 
people end up coming face to face with this guy and somewhere the concept of choice is involved. And for some people, again, it's where they didn't do anything wrong. And for other people, it's where you couldn't have imagined it going any other way. Like there's one instance where these are obviously drug kingpins. And, you know, when you think of it from an outside perspective, you think, well, you're standing there with the embodiment of your comeuppance. And now here you are all alone in the desert. I wonder what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. But it's just like the kind of person you could look at in real life and you see bad choice after bad choice after bad choice. And when you hear something horrible happen to him, then you say, well, what else did you expect? How else did you think this would end? Like if this didn't happen today, it was going to happen tomorrow. And if not then, maybe the next day. But I think it's important to consider that those kind of situations aren't just limited to those obvious cases that you could look at and say, ah, well, yeah, I see where this road goes. It's like this for everybody. So nobody ever pictures themselves as the one standing there at the roulette table with every dollar to your name on a long shot, right? Like, how did it come to this? Nobody ever imagines that. And yet it happens where one choice leads to another, leads to another. And in the movie, that character actually addresses that. And he's referencing that with this coin that he's going to flip to decide the fate of this gas station attendant. And he talks about the quarter that he's going to flip. And he says, this quarter is from whatever year it was. It started its journey. It went from hand to hand and person to person, and now it found its way here. And it's the same with us. You know, we start our journeys and some roads in life kind of narrow out, others open up. And whether we end up somewhere great or somewhere horrible, we don't really tend to stop and look at all the choices that brought us from there to here. All we see is right now. So what I thought was interesting about this film was that the people who seem to most effectively elude that narrow 50-50 choice that this, uh, this character, Anton Chigurh, uh, presents to these people that he, that he confronts. The people that most effectively eluded this choice were the ones that don't spend any time reflecting or negotiating or asking why. They're the people who go right out and go right at the problem. The people that go right at him, they seem to be the ones that get away and resist that negative outcome that's being imposed on them. Because at the end of the day, we all know that at some point, Just like every person who's come before us, we're going to be staring down the barrel of that 50-50 coin toss. I mean, in some cases, it might even be a coin toss where 50-50 would be a preferable option. I mean, I remember being on the roof of a house getting shot at, and you do, for a split second, have to ask yourself, how did it come to this? What choice did I make that brought me to this? This, I would probably do something different, right? Think differently. Because when we bring something like the Federated commercial into it now, we see that in a large scale, we've gone from shelling out like 750 bucks for a mini TV to instant worldwide connectivity, custom pizza, and next day delivery for pretty much whatever you want, and it's all right in your pocket. And yet, the whole world is arguably more miserable than it's ever been. So it might be time to reflect on the words spoken by this fictional character, Anton Chigurh, Right before he blows away a guy with a silent shotgun. I don't know if there's such a thing. Be cool if there is. But this was a quote that for me actually kind of made the movie. And he says to this guy, he says, If the rule you followed brought you to this, of what use was the rule? And that really kind of hit home to me because it made me think, we've got a way we do things. We've got a way we do things. If we're looking at Fred Rated between all the way back in 1985, 86, whatever, the way we've done things from then until now got us to where we are now. We need to figure out what that rule was and do something different. And hey, maybe until then, the best we can do is just stand as tall as we can against those undesired outcomes and try to make for something better. So I think that's enough for today. 
If you'd like to get in touch with us, you could send us an email at info at apg.team. And if you'd like to see what we're up to at APG, you can take a look at our website at www.apg.team. And if you like what we're putting out, do feel free to share it with your friends because, as we always say, the world needs hitters. So, as the sun sets slowly in the east, we'll leave you with the gentle reminder that the only Zen you find at the top of the mountain is the Zen you bring with you. that you are not.